0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex. I'm Dr. Lori Beth, and I am your host. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Just a reminder, this podcast deals with adult content, so if you don't have total privacy, you might want to put on your headphones. Today, the letter is Y, and Y is for yes. People who are willing to say yes to life, love, and sex are people who have happier and more satisfying relationships. People who say yes, take more and better risks. They are better able to ride the waves of life and love and to deal with the occasional drenching when the wave breaks over their heads. The glass of water is half full. When they fall, they dust themselves off and get back up again. Today, I'm joined by Melanie Gorman, who is the Senior VP of Your Tango Experts. Your Tango is a major platform that provides advice in the form of blogs, articles, and videos to people who want help with love, relationships, sex, and life. Experts join this platform and provide the blogs, articles, Q&A, and videos to the public at large. A couple of the more well-known experts include Dr. John Gray and Esther Peral. Melanie is the moderator of the successful video program, The Experts. She's a master's level relationship therapist and a business and relationship coach. She co-developed a coaching program based on the work of Dr. John Gray, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus for those of you not familiar with his name. And from there, she became the director of operations for the Mars Venus sites. She's been working with Your Tango since 2009, having started by helping their visionary team create the experts platform. She's now heading up all the experts programs and the first person first in-person YT expert conference, which will take place in New York City in April 2017. Hey, Melanie, thanks for being here.
1: Hey, Lori, thank you for having me. I'm so so happy to be here.
0: So let's talk about this concept of yes, because in my experience, it really isn't easy to move people from a life of no to yes. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. hmm well, it's a bit of a mindset, I have to say. I feel like yes is an attitude, and you know, not all attitudes are hard to shift. You know, sometimes you—it's—it's it's just a little thing. It's just a little desire to change it. And yes is an easy thing to say. It feels good. It feels like you're opening yourself up. It feels like you're embracing the world, embracing your choices. So I don't think it's easy to get people from being a negative Nelly to being a you know a yes person. Um, but I don't think that you have to totally embrace it. Like I think you could take it on little bits at a time. I think yes is something you can start with things that you're comfortable with um, because really a yes filled life is a life where you're choosing all the things you mentioned, greater risk, greater happiness. You're more in your authenticity. You want more of what life brings you. Like you're not willing to settle in the way that people who say no, I mean, no people are closed off and they're, you know, they're not happy and for me, yes is a way of life. I mean, it really is. I have found in the 20 years that I've been in this field that when I say yes to things, even when I have no idea how to do them or no idea what's coming, right, from the boardroom to the bedroom, right, it makes an immense difference in my attitude. And a lot of times being successful in life and in love is about having a great attitude. So for me, yes is a
0: way to be. I mean, I agree. I think it it, makes a huge difference. What's interesting to me is that often you hear therapists tell people that not to say yes too often. There's um, particularly, I think, with women, uh, um, a habit pattern that women can get into, which is to say yes to everything, but not in the way that we're discussing it. It's saying yes to everything in the sense of taking on everything, taking care of everybody, doing for everybody and not necessarily caring for themselves. And that's not what we're talking about at all. We're talking about that positive side of saying yes, which is the side of of being authentic, um, spontaneous, Mm -hmm. and really honoring yourself. And women aren't really taught to do that.
1: No, I mean, you know, like to this idea of being a yes person, I think is the exact opposite of what we want to do. I mean, As a lot of women, you know, we're raised with this idea that our jobs are to serve other people. Like we're, you know, I'm here to cook for you, clean for you, you know, do what you want in the bedroom, you know, whatever it is, follow your boss's lead, your teacher's lead, whatever it is. And I think at the end of the day, that yes person isn't saying yes out of choice. They're saying yes out of obligation, Mm -hmm. right? And I think the more we can, that's, so we're not talking about that. We're talking about this idea of saying yes based on, your greatest desires and your greatest choices about what you want for your life and the more you're able and a lot of people don't know what they want right yeah like a lot of people are walking through life and they basically you know they're in a rhythm they have a pattern they kind of do what they're taught to do every other day and they don't step out and say well huh what would I like in this moment or what would please me or That's what we're talking about. We're talking about saying yes to the opportunities in your life to truly be yourself and to embrace it. That is being alive and it's being alive with your
0: whole being and there's nothing better. No, definitely. And what's interesting to me, it was, it was funny. I was having a conversation with two friends, not even an hour ago, we were talking about how you shift, um, your programming so that, um, one of the men was saying, you know, he was raised with a certain set of ideas and a certain Uh set of very fixed beliefs. And he has managed to change a lot of that programming, but that that was very difficult and that some of his gut reactions are still very much. And and he's in his sixties, still very much from that place and he'll have the reaction and then he'll kind of dial it back and act in the way that he wishes to act now in accordance with his current beliefs. And in the process of this conversation, um, and we we did talk a bit about, you know, that how that impacts sex. In the process of the conversation, um, I can't even remember how we got there. He mentioned this show that was on recently about male prostitutes and uh, male escorts uh-huh. that serve women. And uh-huh. that there are lots. He, the number he quoted was 40 to 50,000 and... I just, you know, my response was, yeah, of course. And both of them Uh looked at me and it's like, why do you say, of course? And why would a woman want to do that? Right. Uh And I said, because for most women in most situations, Uh the man comes first sexually, right? Right. The man is the one we are taught that we see to him sexually first. And sometimes we don't even see to ourselves at all. Others uh-huh. of us do see to ourselves and or and, and and are lucky enough to have partners that look after us. Uh-huh. And so in and I'm now at the, obviously referring to heterosexual sex. But in, the, in that situation. That we're taught to, to, to be of service, as you were saying earlier. And yeah, so I said, yeah. so the idea of having a man, we women go to male prostitutes for different reasons than men go to female prostitutes. Women go to be able to have a sexual experience that is completely focused on them. Right. And they were just like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) kind of shocked. And, and, and I said, I said, I completely get it. It's also something that I've done. (laughs) Um, And I went for exactly that reason. I was between relationships. I just wanted what I wanted. So I went and found somebody who would give me exactly what I wanted. And when men do it, they tend to do it more for um, either variety or for um, uh, lack of emotional entanglement. Mm -hmm. But women Mm -hmm. women, it's often about getting what they want when they want.
1: I think it's an interesting idea that, you know, like the struggle for a lot of women is in finding permission to ask for what they want. Or to demand what they want, right? So I would imagine that you know having someone that you called up and said, "This is how I want it, when I want it, where I want it, touch me this way, like whatever that is." Like I bet that would be totally joyful because you wouldn't have to have the same obligation on the other end to give the other person in reciprocation what they want. And I do think, you know, saying yes to many degrees is about a mindset where you say, "I'm going to open myself up," but a happy yes is one where you are a part of the equation. Yes. Right? So if you're always saying yes to what other people want, yes, I'll take you to carpool. Yes, I'll do this sexual thing. Yes, I'll, yes, yeah. Like if you're in that place, right, where are you? Yeah. And it makes perfect sense what you're saying that women would find some degree of sexual freedom and like personal freedom, right, by hiring a male prostitute. Because, I mean, let's face it, like, it's just for
0: her. Right? Exactly.
1: No. Yeah, and I guess the bigger question on some level is, you know, what does it take for women to learn how to ask
0: for that and get that from their partners? Well, it's not. I mean, I think I think that that is the question. But what's interesting is is that it's not. I think women are getting better at asking for it, but I'm not Mm -hmm. so sure men are getting better at giving it. Mm -hmm. That's my experience right now. That it's it's still considered pushy or it's difficult. There are men. And so I need to be really clear and really above board. There are men who this isn't a problem for because their joy is in, is in their partner's joy. And if their joy is in their partner's joy, then the woman's going to get what she wants as long as she's able to say it or or show it, or in some way demonstrate what, what it is that she wants. But I think still in the more traditional circumstances, it's quite an adaptation to not only hear from your partner what she wants, but to be asked to put your desires to the side for a while, mm-hmm. and, and really focus on her. And when I work with couples, I often find that's a really big stumbling point. It's like yeah. she can she can communicate it to him, and he's like, "Okay, okay, okay," but but you know, I want my orgasm. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you will get your <laughs> orgasm, you know. Yeah. Just be patient. I mean, I feel like there's also something
1: about, you know, developing a yes lifestyle doesn't always mean you get it, but it, yes. it, it, right. And if you don't get it, it doesn't mean you should stop. Right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes getting in more of a harmonious relationship with your partner about the yeses you want, right. Requires asking a couple times and asking in different ways and asking in smaller bits, you know, like, when I worked for John Gray, like one of the things that he would, he talked about a lot was like, if you ask a man to do something and he doesn't do it, well, don't just stop, ask him again, but ask him in a way that he can be successful. There is something about a yes lifestyle that, that reinforces in a positive way when people do something well. So it's sort of like if you say to your husband, you know, would you help me around the house more? And he puts the dishes by the side of the sink, not in the sink, right? Well, it's kind of not what you asked for, but it's not a total failure, right? This is, of course, from my own personal life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So if you reinforce the fact that he did some piece of what you want, and then you say, hey, you know, great, would you mind putting him in the sink? And you create an opportunity for him to be successful, then you ask for more of what you want. Yeses build on each other. Right. So that's the other thing. Like when you're trying to get a lifestyle of yes, like when you get one yes, like you build like new muscle memories around what it's like to be in the yes. And that could be anything. Hi, I'd like to try this new funky thing in bed or hey, I'd like to go on this vacation or hey, whatever. Right. So when you're asking for what you want, when you get a no or you get resistance, don't just stop right? Allow people to, you know, the, allow the person that you're asking to have their reactions and their feelings. You're not responsible for them, right? But let them have what they have and then ask again, maybe in a smaller way, maybe in a reduced way, but keep at it, right? And sometimes there's a door shut. You know, and if somebody says, sorry, like that's never going to be for me, you have to honor that. And if that means an exit because you really have to have it and they won't give it, well, there's your answer, right? Yes, life, people that live a yes life are brave enough to be in their truth about what it is that they want so that they're not always stepping back and saying, okay, well, I'll take this little crumb because that's all I get, right? You just keep going, yeah, right? So you I, get closer.
0: And I think, you know, it, it's a hard mindset to get into for some people, Um yeah. it's certainly not one that we're trained into if if you're somebody who yeah. says yes in this way all the time you're often accused of being uh selfish um mm. and um people will ask why you're not doing whatever it is that society expects of you at that moment um yeah. and it's it the, the the pressure is still very much to provide for others And take responsibility for others, because that's the other part of this. If you're going to be somebody who lives in that way, you have to take responsibility for yourself. So it's not all fun and games. In fact, in many ways, initially, it can feel a lot harder because you must take responsibility for yourself. So you fall down. It didn't work. You went, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, somebody says you want to do blah, blah, blah. You know. Oh, yeah. It's an opportunity. I'll grab it. And sometimes you're not successful. It's part of life that we don't always um, get success. I I just, my mind, I went, you know, where did she go? (laughs) What what ran across my mind was that once upon a time when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. um, children were allowed to be at different levels. Mm -hmm. And there were some children who were smarter than others and there were um, some children who were better at this than others and this hierarchy wasn't considered horrible and terrible now it wasn't no. always handled well and you know people called children who didn't didn't succeed dumb and I you know I'm not talking about that but the recognition was that in the world not everybody is the same yeah we can all have the same rights but not everybody is the same we're not all good at everything Some people are good at lots of things. Other Mm -hmm. people are only good at one thing. And I think it's being raised in that way, you learned that you might fail. Yeah. Right? Because there was never, everybody didn't get a prize. Mm -hmm. Well, my son lives in a different time. He's almost 15 now, but I remember when he was four or five, five, you know, no four in, in school and everybody got a prize. (laughs) Everybody always got a prize. Yeah. That changed when he got a little older, but um, in some parts of the world, particularly in the United States, it doesn't change. Yeah. And on one hand, yes, everybody should have self-esteem, but on the other hand, kids don't learn to deal with failing, which is an integral part of life. We don't always succeed. When you You are are a yes person, You have to learn to deal with failure because you will experience it. The difference is that you fail. You have your feelings, you get up, Mm -hmm. you dust yourself off and on you go. Yeah. They call that resiliency. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. I think the trophy mentality of people in this country, in the United States, like, I think part of what's difficult about that is exactly what you said. You never learn how to metabolize failure and how to deal with it in a way that you say, okay, that wasn't the end of the world. Like, I'm devastated, but I'm going to feel it, as you say, and move on and try again, right? And I think that that is a critical lesson in terms of being a person that says yes, is that you have to be able to say, well, that didn't work out what else, how else do we approach it? Or what else do I do? It it can't be an assault on your self-esteem when someone says no. Right. And if you're never taught how to like pick yourself back up and be resilient, then it is an assault on your because you've never had to deal with that. You've never had to feel rejection or you've never had to feel, you know, like you weren't good enough or any of those negative feelings that like, you know, kick people in their guts. So part of it is about having enough self-worth to be able to say, I know who I am. I know what I want. I know what I'm asking for. And it's okay if you say no, because I'm going to figure out, you know, whatever comes after that and failure is a part of life. You know, we don't always get what we want. And, you know, I think that the hardest lessons are, are felt by those people who can't deal when things don't go their way. And, you know, when you try to say yes to things and you, um, and you're really kind of like a taking that approach. It's important to be able to know that the outcome is uncertain, right? And mm-hmm. it isn't set in stone. The world is not here to serve you, right? Um, but that doesn't mean you can't get what you want in whatever ways you can get it. And sometimes it's in bits and pieces. But, you know, that's better than having no part of it at all.
0: Yeah. And and, and uh, no is so limiting. Yeah. I mean, I remember a friend of mine saying, closed mouths don't get fed. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a wonderful statement because it's the truth. It if is. you don't ask, nobody knows, you can't get what you yeah. want. If you don't step out there, if you don't try, nobody knows. That's it. If you're.
1: You know, Laura, I think a lot of people that would listen to this podcast have what would be considered alternative lives right? Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily floating by the norm. They're not necessarily doing the vanilla life, right? And for a lot of people that don't instinctively come into the world as vanilla, right? For them, getting the the chutzpah to be able to ask for what you want is such an important life skill because, I mean, if you're if everything is easy because you just want what everybody else has, then none of this really matters. Right? It doesn't matter. The power of yes matters for people that want things that are out of the norm, that are different than the status quo, that are bigger or harder to achieve. They're you know, they're they're not type A personalities, you know, just because they want to win. They're, they, they have bigger goals. And I think part of this podcast, the value of people who, you know, two people who listen to the podcast is that this is a life skill. Like it's a life skill that the second that you really take it on, right, all the obstacles that are in front of you about being heard, being, you know, being witnessed, mattering to people, speaking your truth, you know, getting the joy out of life that, you know, whatever your joy bucket is, right, you have to embrace yes, because for you, it's not, it's not a flatline climb. It's an uphill climb, right, in some ways. So this is such an important topic for people because the more that they're able to, you know, know that things may not always go their way, but that doesn't mean it's not worth the effort, right? The the greater the chance that they'll achieve that level of happiness,
0: that's happiness for them. No, I agree. I mean, I do think if, if all you want is, is what is the norm, then it, you do have an easier time. Um, it, it's... you you can expect less rejection. You can expect, you can fall into situations more easily, right? If you're happy with um, going down the local factory and working in the local factory, if you're happy about going to the university that all your friends go to, you know, and everybody's gone to from your town for ages and you go there and, You walk into any one of a number of standard jobs like accountancy, you know, you do your accountancy exams and you go and you become an accountant. Um, It's maybe not as important if that's what floats your boat. But um, if you want to be a writer or you want to be an actor or you want to change the world, yeah, you know, you're really going to have to to embrace saying yes, because you're not just going to fall over that. And the same is true in terms of relationships. If you're, um, heterosexual, this may not be as important. Standard heterosexual relationships. I mean, I, I would, I would wager to say it's still pretty important just because of the way that we tend to be programmed, but it may not be as important. It's easier. It's easier to work things out with sometimes less words. Um, if you're kinky, this is essential because if you don't ask for what you want, nobody's going to know. They're not mind readers. You know, That's right. You have to That's talk right. about it. If you don't talk about it, you're in, in deep shit. You're not likely to get what you want. The same is true, um, you know, if if you, you're polyamorous. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think it used to be the same was true if you were gay, but I think it's less of an issue if you're gay. Mm. Because it's easier to, to, to fall into those situations now than it was. It's still harder than, far harder than being heterosexual, but...
1: Yeah. And I think that you said something to me. I mean, for those of you listening, I've known Lori for a while and I have treasured the work we've done together and just love her being on your tango as a writer and come to your tango. There's so much good Lori stuff over there. It's just great. (laughs) But I feel like, you know, you said something to me in one of our calls about, you know, how hard it is, like the process that people go through when their, their sexual choices are not, you know, like, heterosexual normative, right? When they're not like cut out of whatever book you read, not 50 shades of whatever stupid book, but like something different, right? And if you are that person, well, there's a lot less risk to you if you don't explore your truth. And if you don't like really ask for what you want and explore what you want and try things out and develop your personality, etc. And That stuck with me because I feel like as people, as parents, I'm a parent, I have two kids, like as somebody that has, you know, things that I want to do in my life, I think it's really important that we take the risk and show the bravery to explore what we really want out of life. And that always means that on the other side could be rejection, right? And when, right. And when you have a yes lifestyle, you're always opening yourself up to people saying no. No or you can't, or I don't like that, or I don't like you, right? And all of those painful things that can come up. But the life lesson is to do it anyways, right? To you know, live your life from the place of your own authentic, real stuff, where you are the best version of you that you can possibly be out there, and you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. And when you have roadblocks, you get back up, and you dust off, and you figure it out. And I don't think that it's easy, but god is
0: it worth it. I I mean I I think I live my life by the idea that I want to to have as few regrets as possible. Yeah. And unless you are willing to say to to explore and to learn about yourself and then to take those chances and say yes, you have you pile up regrets. So yeah. for me I don't want to be on my deathbed saying Oh, I should have, I wish I, Uh Oh, um, you know, or be in my old age thinking about all the things that I should have tried and should have done that I didn't have the courage to do. Um, to me, that's one of the saddest things. It's, it's a life half lived. And I don't think there's anything sadder than a life that's been half lived. I agree. Um, it's, I want to live fully. And, and I suppose because of my own choices and my own, um, sexuality, which is, not bog standard, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which, you know, I've said, you know, it's complicated. Um, That's been very, very much a a driving force for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But also because I know that, that nothing is promised. Nothing is promised. We, we don't know that we're going to wake up here tomorrow.
1: Right.
0: You never know. And So if you don't take the risk, if not now, when? Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was a beautiful uh, meme on Instagram the other day and it said, you know, get to your deathbed with memories, not dreams.
0: Yeah. 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 So we're encouraging anybody who's listening to this to start practicing saying yes. And if you need support with it, reach out for support with it. There's plenty of people who are there to have your back when the no's come. You know, and if you don't have that kind of social support system, um, or you're not in a relationship that's supported, that's something that is worth seeking out. Um, and you can always grab some professional help as well for guidance, but also for that kind of how do you manage this when everything seems to be falling apart?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's good. So, where can people find you if they want to find you?
1: Oh, me? Um, Well, I am on Your Tango. So it's yourtango.com is the website that um, I work for. And Lori is one of our prolific writers. I'll say it that way. (laughs) Lori has contributed so much to the content that we have on the website. And, you know, we're a middle-sized website. Can you believe it's only middle-sized? That's crazy.
0: Yeah, Um, it's crazy.
1: We have millions of people on there every month. Um, And we talk about love and sex and marriage and parenting and living a good life and um, all the stuff that gets in the way. So you can find us online at www.yourtango.com. And um, you can Google me. My name's Melanie Gorman. You can find me there. So it's
0: probably good. Well, I want to thank you for being with me today. Um, And thanks for joining me this week for the A to Z of sex. Write in with your questions to Dr. Lori Beth at a-to-z-of-sex.com, that's dot com. and visit both websites, www.a-to-z-of-sex.com and wwwthe intimacy coachcom to learn about alternative sexual choices, types of sexual relationships, and to learn to sizzle and create that ideal, lasting, intimate relationship. For a free 30-minute session with me, head over to wwwa sexcom and click on the button that says book now. Please join me next week when the letter will be Z or Z, and Z is for zellophilia. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to The A to Z of Sex. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes and make sure you head over to www a to z of sex.com that's a t o z o f s e x to subscribe to my free newsletter to help you keep your sex life sizzling stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes as we work our way through the sexual alphabet to discover the wide world of sex sexuality desire and intimacy knowledge gives you the power to create relationships that bring you satisfaction and joy Hope to see you next week.